Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. I'm delighted to have Stacey Edgehill of Hibiscus Media and Events with me today on the Scale Her Up podcast. Stacey's got some great advice through her LinkedIn brand for LinkedIn profile raising for entrepreneurs and as a female entrepreneur herself has got some great um, stories and experiences to share. So Stacey, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Brenda. Delighted. Oh, always good to have a chat with a fellow f- female entrepreneur. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, for the for the listeners, maybe could you just explain to us how you got into business? Um, yeah, I can. It's, it's not a very straight line. I, um, I, I kind of fell into it, if I'm being honest. My, my working career started as a travel agent. I did that for 17 years and loved it. I didn't think I would ever leave that industry, but I had to for um, you know, family commitment reasons and went into um, business to business. Uh, I, I went for um, the local newspaper here, the Press and Journal, selling advertising. I moved on to the recruitment advertising team that gave me um, access and visibility amongst larger organisations, um, predominantly oil and gas, and, and that was a big, big part of it. So that really started my networking journey. That's when I had to really go out and start building business relationships. I went on and did a, a few other jobs um, similar in, in the sort of like recruitment sales, never a recruiter, but you know, it was for an online jobs board and recruitment agency and things like that. And each time I um, I was finding new avenues, I learned about this site called LinkedIn that could give you access to um, people's names and companies because for anybody out there who does sales, you'll know that if you phone up the reception and you ask to speak to somebody in whatever, marketing, HR, logistics, it doesn't matter, they'll usually say, do you have a name? <laughs> I found out that there was a site where you can get a name and so I just signed up to it and I started using it like that. Um, I, um, for, the, for the next few jobs, I, I started building quite a profile, but I wasn't really doing much with it. I built up a decent followers connection base, about a thousand, but wasn't doing much with it until I um, lost a job due to redundancy when, when the oil crash happened um, in 2014 into 15. Um, yeah, was it, around about then. And um, I put a post out saying, you know, lost my job. I um, contacted a few people. And, and basically, in a nutshell, that's a whole other story, but I ended up with so many possibilities, got the job I really, really wanted. And I really don't think that could have happened without LinkedIn. I was probably at my busiest ever at that point with people saying, come, let's have a chat and things like this. And it just made me realize there's a bit more to this LinkedIn platform than just being able to get names to go and make a phone call. So in my next role, I, which was a business development role, I took it upon myself to start investing a bit more time into LinkedIn, spending time on it, learning what to do, things like that. 
That led me to even more visibility. I ended up taking on a couple other jobs um, following that. People were, were seeing what I was doing. They were asking me, come let's have a chat. I was headhunted because of what I was doing. And um, I, uh, somebody one day, I was, I was passionate about LinkedIn. I really enjoy using the platform and I would always be given advice and tips and things like that. And somebody said to me one day, you should sell, you should charge for this. And um, I totally dismissed it. I'd never had any um, visions or grandeur of, of owning my own business. I was genuinely really happy where I worked, but the seed was planted. And um, after a few months when a couple other people said the same thing, I thought, you know what, let's give it a go. And I was working with a digital marketing agency at the time and they fully supported it and we got it launched through them. The week before I was about to deliver the very first training course, they actually said we're going to, um, we actually have decided that we're going to close the business. But, um, and this was Lee Brandy, um, his advice was, he said, Stacey, do not go and work for somebody else. You have something here, you're well respected, you know what you're talking about, you go and start your own business. And it was an instant decision. We, I finished that conversation, we went for, a, we'd been for a coffee where we were there for about maybe half an hour. And within half an hour, I decided I'm going to start my own business. That's really where it came from. So. What a fantastic story. And just a great example that everybody's journey into into having their own business is so, so different, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, so I, I, I think there's a place for everybody to do every route, whether they want to go down. I, I went straight from school into doing my job as a trainee, but whether you want to go in and get qualifications and, and do it or not, but I think it's really, if you want to do something and you're determined, I think you'll get there. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's it been like then, having your own business? I mean, I can't say it's not what I expected because I didn't have any expectations. It happened so quick. So I'd never really, like I said, it's not something I'd ever long thought of. I actually genuinely thought I would always be employed until I retired. And I had no issues with that, none whatsoever. So um, I, I don't know. I didn't really have any expectations. If I did, I would probably say it surpassed it at times and other times being um, not what I expected. So I've... I really enjoy it. I'm not saying I could never go back to being employed because if I have to, I would, but I'm so far touch wood, it's working and I'm enjoying it. Um, it it's a conversation I've been having quite recently actually with people and in fact, I even did a post about it today that there's things that I miss. I miss, um, it's, sometimes it feels lonely and I don't mean lonely as in lack of people to speak to because I speak to people all day long um, but when you're working in a company with other colleagues, whether that's people you report to, who report to you, or peers or anything, you're in the same company, so you hold the same values, you celebrate the same wins, you commiserate the same losses. And I don't have anybody, you know, if I, if I win some work, I'll be excited and I might tell people, but there's nobody, there's nobody that can feel the same because they don't work in the business with me. Um, so from that point of view, I've found it quite lonely. The other thing that I, I've missed, and, and this is what I was actually posting about today, was the accountability. Um, you know, I, I've come to a realization, so it's about two and a half years since I started this business now, and I've come to the realization that I actually want a boss. I want somebody, eventually, my long-term plan or, or medium-term plan is to eventually have somebody in who can come in and run my business, and I can just do the things I want to do, but they can take everything. I want somebody to be accountable to, um, 
because at the moment it's just me. So although I'm motivated and I love what I'm doing, I'm not accountable to anybody and I think I miss that. So that's really what it's been like. But overall, I love it. I love what I do. You know, you know this, we've talked about it. I Sometimes you work ridiculous hours. You never feel like, oh, I can't wait till this day's going to end because you just enjoy everything that you're doing. But I thought I worked hard before I ever had my own business. But oh my goodness, <laughs> when you have your own, you work even harder because you never switch off. Even when you take the days off, even if you don't check your phone or log into LinkedIn or you know if you've gotten out of office on your emails, it doesn't matter because it's in your mind 24-7. And yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the big differences. Absolutely, absolutely. Interesting what you're saying about accountability. I think we need to have a chat, Stacey, at another time about how you can get that accountability in your business without having to employ a, a general manager or something. So we, we can have a, a talk about that offline. But the loneliness, that's, that's really interesting for me because I totally get where you're coming from there. All of my clients, and myself included, when, when you're on your own in business. But I found, and... I know that you're involved also, but I've found that networking helps with that. Yeah. I know that you're quite involved with BNI. Do you, do you want to just share a bit about how that helps you in your business? Yeah, delighted to, you know, and um, BNI and other networking events as well. So, you know, when you're when you're a member of a, a networking group, especially one where you, you join and it's, you know, mostly the same people showing up, you start to build these relationships this trust with them and you can rely on them you know and um, you, you, you do get that certain degree of when you're winning they're happy for you when you're struggling you can talk to them and they can help you through it and you've got that sort of extra level of support and, and, and extra sales force looking out for you as well um, but what I like about it as well is it's, it, it's one of the biggest ways that I've managed to grow my business because I haven't, working for myself, I am busy working all the time and I really haven't done a lot of sales or business development directly myself. I haven't picked up the phone to anybody and said, you want to talk about what I can do for you? You know, it's just all happened through. And the networking is one of the ones that's just helped, um, as well as the things I've said, has helped to do that. Now, the likes of B&I in particular, that one has helped me grow my business out with Aberdeen. So before lockdown happened, I was, the different parts of my business are I deliver training to help people or people in companies use LinkedIn better, or I, I run the social media for small to medium sized businesses, or I do some event management. Um, but all of them were local, everything without, without fail was local. I was delivering training in person. I was, um, hadn't gone, I mean, I, I could, at the time have taken on companies to run their social media out with Aberdeen but at that point doing video calls wasn't really a big thing they would have expected me to come to, for a meeting at least you know first and um, the same with events and what happened with with lockdown is everything all of those things got transferred 100% online because it was online I was then able to go out with Aberdeen and BNI being a global organization I took full advantage of that and have managed to grow my business outside of Aberdeen because of that. So the networking for me has been a big, big part of it that has not just helped me grow my business locally, but also um, internationally as well. Absolutely. It's and an, it's a great, for me, the, the community, that to be, feel yeah. part of the community and part of, part of a group of people who are sort of of the same 
mindset and and everything takes takes the loneliness out of it as well so yeah let's talk about your growing your business then and how linkedin can can help any of us to to grow our businesses so there's there's two things i always tell people that i help them with and one that it'll help that it will help lead them to the the, first, the two that i help with are visibility and credibility so i help people and or companies to become more visible because if they're more visible that means that more people are seeing them the more times they see them the more chance they have of getting in front of them but it's not just a case of being visible you can't just be posting anything willy-nilly and making sure you're in there you have to be building your credibility as well so i work with them on being visible and being credible um, and that will involve various things it will involve posting posting certain things it will involve um, comments it will involve getting your profile right there's a whole host of things to be doing and those done right should lead you to profitability that's the word I can't say very well I shouldn't have even tried <laughs> but um, and that that's really what I do now that can be a case of either working with an individual and um, they can either sign up for training or we can do one-to-one -one training it could be group sessions quite often what I'll have is a company will say could you come in and can you train the team so I'll go in and, and train the team or I can train business owners or marketers how to use the tools in LinkedIn so that they can have the company pages more um, in better use and things like that or then other companies will say well do you know what can you just do it for us and I'll go in and I'll just take over their company pages and we'll we'll discuss how that's going to, to look and make sure that happens. That's great. A great, great service. And in terms of business owners at the moment thinking, oh, I don't really know what to do on LinkedIn. What what tips have you got that can get people started? Um, first of all, showing up um, being being visible. The first thing I like to do with people individuals in particular so if people are looking to use linkedin more for themselves is work on their profile get your profile right so many um i think people generally because if you sign up to linkedin for the first time the very first thing you have to do before you can get access to anything is, is complete a profile so quite often you don't know what you're doing you complete the, the bare minimum but the way I like people to think about their profile is actually to stop thinking about it like a profile and think about it like a website, but in particular the website of you. So, um, and all the work we do after that is to drive people to that, to that website. So we do everything to get the profile right and then start looking at, okay, how are we going to then, that, and that's the credibility, by the way, the profile. And then we look at, okay, how are we gonna get them there? How are we gonna get them visibility? What are we gonna post? When are we going to post? Who are we trying to target in the post? What, uh, what are we going to comment? How are we going to find the right things to comment on? You know, all of those things. So the advice I really give to people is to start using it. Sometimes you don't really... If somebody came to my training and they hadn't signed up to LinkedIn first of all, I don't know how much they would get out of it. I think the best thing for anybody is to start using it and then and then go and try and find out how to use it better. So show up, get your profile filled in and start posting. And as you go, you can start making those adjustments to make it better. But doing more than whatever you're doing is always going to be better. So if you've only posted now and then, start doing a post once a week. Doesn't matter what it is. There, there are ways to post to, 
to be seen better, but get into the habit because the habit will, will, is more important to start with and then you can start working on the content. Great, great. But company pages as opposed to personal pages? Yeah. So now the, the personal pages get better um, traction than the company pages. And in fact, LinkedIn even tells you that. <laughs> There's somewhere, I can't remember where I saw it, but on, on one of their pages, it even tells you that more, more focus or, or I can't think of the word precedence is given to individuals than companies, okay? So, and, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that. I guess it really, when it's a company page, they're hoping that they'll spend more in sponsorship really than, than taking what's free, but they, they do give more to individuals. So people will say, well, what's the point of having a company page? But it comes down to what I've been speaking about already, the credibility. How many people are really going to believe if you're if you're a one if you're a one man band or just working for yourself? It's not it it it's maybe not as bad. It's still good to have that company page though. But I, what I wouldn't do is rely on the company page to be getting you all the visibility. You have to work with the individuals as well. And it's actually one of the remits when I am working with somebody if they sign up for me to take their to do take on their social media. One of the um, provisos is that their, their staff come on my training course because it won't work without their input. So you need the company pages for the credibility and if you work them well, they can start to build and grow, but you also need to have the personal pages for the visibility and both of them go hand in hand. Okay, now that's good, good to clarify because a lot of people are asking what, what's the difference? Let's let's have a talk about your experience as a woman in business. And that, that question will come back to me, I'm sure. As you know, I, I started this podcast because there are far fewer uh, women in business than there are men and men are achieving greater success than women. What have been the challenges that you've faced as a woman in business? I, I'm, not, I'm probably not the right person to answer this one for you because I don't really feel I have, if I'm being honest. Um, and, and maybe there has, but not that I've noticed. I don't ever feel like I've been prejudiced because prejudiced, um, a, a victim of prejudice because of being a woman. Um, and I've felt very strongly about that I want to just make my way regardless. I don't want somebody to choose me because I'm a woman. Uh, likewise, I wouldn't want them to choose somebody over me because they're a man. I just want to be chosen for what I can deliver and for who I am. So, but I, but I honestly, um, maybe it's just luck compared to some of the others, but I haven't actually come up any barriers or challenges myself from anybody in this, at least not that I've noticed. <laughs> good, good. That, that, that's, those are the kind of answers that I need to be getting on here. And when everybody's answering like that, then, uh. It's not needed, yeah. <laughs> I've um, I've remembered what my question was. It was yeah. around connecting with people on LinkedIn. Now I know lots of people talk about the bad way of doing it and the good way of doing it. And what's the correct etiquette with connecting with people on on LinkedIn? Okay, all right. I love this question. So first of all, before I get to that, I want to talk about why you should grow and who you should grow with because. Some people, um, you know, some will say, oh no, I, you know, I just want to grow, I just want to get as many people as I can, and others are like, oh, I only want to connect with people I know. And to be fair, LinkedIn does state you should only be connecting with people you know. 
However, they also give you a 30,000 connection limit and nobody on this planet knows 30,000 people, right? That, that is impossible. So, um, so obviously people are, are going to connect who don't know each other, but you really should have a reason. Now, what I'd rather talk about is, is like, so growing your connections will help with your visibility because as it stands, when you post something, Anybody in your first degree network, so that's people you are connected to, can see it. Anybody in your second degree can see it, doesn't mean that they will. Likewise, it doesn't mean your first degrees will, but they can. Your second degree can and your third degree can, but your second and third are unlikely to see it unless your first degree starts interacting with it and so forth. So the more people you have means the more chance of people seeing it. The more chance of people seeing it means the more chance of them interacting more people interacting means a wider audience can see your content so that can give you more visibility so yes it does stand to reason that you want to grow what i what i, what I say to people is and this comes down to again those that maybe say to me oh i only want to have this type of person in my network so we'll keep it really simple okay let's just say that you were to say to me Cece, I, I only want to deal with directors in business that's my target market that's the only people i want to be dealing with that's all I want in my network. Here's the thing. So I'll say to you, right, write them down. In a, write them in a piece of paper and draw a circle around it. Then I want you to draw a big circle around that circle. And in between those two circles, think about who are those directors connected to that, you, that you're not looking to connect with. As an example, business development, okay? So maybe business development is not your target market. Maybe you don't want to work with the business development guys. Maybe they can't sign off on, on your products or services. However, they are classed as senior influencers on LinkedIn. They're probably, because they're in sales, or down the sales line, they're probably more active than directors. The chances are they'll post more. They're more likely to interact with their content. And when they do, there's a good chance the directors will get to see it. So even by you not connecting to the directors, you're still getting a chance for the directors to, to see what you're doing. And then you take another line and draw it another circle and draw it around and think okay who are the business development connected to and you do that same process ultimately what you're doing is you're looking at who your ideal first connections are and who would be your second and third and you want to bring your second and third into your first which gives you a better opportunity to, to for more ideal first to see what you are and that's how i teach people to grow so it's not to it's not to be completely um you know connecting with anybody and everybody, but also not being so tight. Now, how to do it, now that you've established who you want to connect with, you then want to have a really good reason to go and connect with them. And, and messaging somebody saying, I want to talk to you about my products or services is not the right reason, because I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me want to, to speak to them because all I know instantly they're going to try and sell at me. So I talk a lot about building relationships, exactly like we do in networking. We build relationships before we start to find out more about each other to see if there's a, a reason for each other to, to use the services. So on LinkedIn, it's the same thing. What I advise you to do, or advise anybody I'm speaking to to do, is to go and identify those types of people you want to connect with, and then do a little bit of homework. Take the time, taking that time means you're going to get a much better return rather than just trying to connect with 100 people in one week. Take your time to get to know 10 or 20, you will get a much better return on it. And 
and go in and have a good hunt through their profile. Be seen on their profile. Let yourself be seen. Go and visit. Have a look at um, their content. What what are they commenting on? What are they posting? What sort of things are they liking? Get a feel for that person. And then when you think, no, I really do, would like to know this person and there's a possibility of, of working with them, then you, you try and connect. That connection request to me would look something like, so let's just say it's you I'm trying to connect with. Um, Hi Brenda, um, I saw your post recently on um, accountability. I was really, really interested. I'd, I'd love to be able to connect and see if we could chat further about it. Now you tell me, how is that going to make you feel when you see that request coming through? Oh yeah, that's a great way of doing it. So then you feel, yeah, I've taken an interest in you. I've asked about you. I've not mentioned anything about myself. And I'm going to follow up on that because once we do, you are more likely to take an interest in me and there may well be something that we either can do for each other or whatever, but it's a much better way of trying to connect with somebody. And I don't know, I certainly would never turn somebody down who's taken an interest in me rather than trying to get me to take an interest in them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Really valuable stuff, Stacey. Thank you. Um, I just, I just wanted to go back. You used the term, you said... LinkedIn classifies these BDM people as um, senior influencers. Correct, yes. So they have, yeah. Um, so the, the, the stats are, oh gosh, I'm going to be testing my knowledge here. There is about, I think it's about, I, I might get these numbers mixed up. One is about 60 odd million, I think 63, and one's about 90 odd million. We'll go with, with the, the lower one to start with. I think it's about 63 million decision makers on LinkedIn. So those would be people, obviously, at director level, manager, you know, people that can make the, the decision. So this will just be loosely based on what LinkedIn would classify those positions to be. And then they have about 90 million senior influencers. And the senior influencers are the likes of those people that are in, in senior-ish positions, but maybe don't have decision-making powers. So they're classed as influencers. Okay, okay. So it's not around who's got lots of connections it's the the type of role that they're yeah. they're in okay yeah, yeah yeah i understand thank you you're welcome <laughs> so you're saying yourself that you you don't feel that you've had any particular challenges because you're you're a woman in business but assume that you appreciate that some some women do and what advice would you give to to someone trying to to raise their profile and grow their business yeah I mean, first of all, let me just clarify, I haven't felt like I've had any challenges based on being a woman. That doesn't mean I've never had any challenges. I'm more than happy to generally be able to answer that question. But I just don't feel any of it has been based on the fact that I'm a, I'm a woman. So, yeah, in terms of raising your profile, I mean, all the tips I gave about using on LinkedIn, they stand. But over and above all that, it, it's about being yourself. I think if you are an honest, trustworthy and just be yourself person, that is the things that should help you get through. And if you feel like you don't have the support or you are struggling, ask for it. Either go and ask somebody that you know. If you're in a networking group, great, you've got access to people. But even if you're not, reach out to people. Um, and you know, if you're confident enough, as I clearly am, because I posted about it today, post, ask somebody, ask your LinkedIn network because you'd be surprised at how people will jump on that and love to be able to give you. If you need some advice, ask it um, and you're likely to get it. But yeah, in terms of uh, overcoming business challenges, 
to do with visibility, then it really do does come down to putting yourself out there, whether that is doing a bit more networking or making yourself more visible online. Those are the things that will, will give you that. And, and I, I couldn't agree more, but I, I had an experience just this week, actually, where I asked a successful business owner to join me on the podcast and talk about her experience in business. And she took a little while to come back to me. And the response was that she would she's decided not to because of the bad experiences she had when she shared positive news about her business. And I think a lot of people are a bit cautious about putting themselves out there on social media because of the haters. What advice do you have to anyone who's experiencing that or, or worrying about about the yeah, negative that, response? That, that really is a shame and there's a, a shame for some people out there and, and, and you know, offline, if, if, this, if you wanted to put this person in touch with me to talk about some of their social media stuff, I'd be more than happy to have that conversation. But, um, so I, let, me, let me switch it around a little bit before I try and answer this fully and come back. So, when I'm talking about um, what to comment and what to post on LinkedIn, I always talk about remaining positive. When I'm teaching people about content, I'll say, put positive. I'm not saying you can't put when you've had a bad day, but don't try and have a rant or a moan. Try and look for the positives in it. Or, or you know, even if you're saying, look, this has happened, I'm struggling, but can anybody offer advice? Then you're putting a positive because you're asking for something helpful. You're not just having a rant and a moan. And likewise, if you see things that you don't want to see on LinkedIn, the worst thing you can do for yourself is to comment on it, to say, this is disgusting, get this off here, I don't agree with this, blah, blah, blah. That's the best thing that can happen to somebody else, however, the original poster, because LinkedIn does not read your comments to say, okay, well, people obviously don't like this, we're going to ban this person. All they know is that people are commenting on this, so, they must like it, we're going to push this out to more people. So when I have a troll on my post, I thank them. I thank them for opening it up to all of their network. I'm really, really grateful because all they've done is put me in front of more people and I know what I'm saying is largely accepted positively. So that one person's negative comment is looking worse on them than it does on me. So, um, and I know that takes a certain amount of thick skin that not everybody has, but if you can, then that's the way I would do it. Other things to remember, if somebody has commented on your post and it is particularly nasty, you can delete that comment. You completely own your own post, so you can remove comments and you can report and block the person. So if it is really bad, I would take those steps. But if it's just somebody having a bit of a rant or something, you know, or, or disagreeing with what you say, I don't mind people disagreeing, not at all, but if somebody's having a bit of a rant or being negative towards me, I'll just usually give a little smile or something and I'm just really grateful for it. So it's probably having to have a different mindset. Yeah, I totally agree. That's very good advice to, to anyone who's who's feeling concerned about that kind of thing. Can you report posts on yeah. LinkedIn like you can on Facebook? You can, yes, yeah. There's at the top of any post with three dots and you can click on it to report it. And they can be, yeah, they'll get removed. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> another another little question then. I've heard people talking about Facebook jail where they get removed from Facebook for doing something against the rules. LinkedIn doesn't have that kind of control, does it? It does, yes. It yes. does, yeah. And it maybe does. just happens less often. I've never heard it. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that gets you put in LinkedIn jail is trying to connect with people you don't know. So when you, when you send a connection request to somebody, they have two options. They can either accept or ignore. 
If they click ignore, they're given a further option. One is to do nothing, and another option is to click I don't know this person. If that happens too many times, first of all, you will be put um, given a warning, and the warning will just say you, you must know people to connect, so you have to add in their email address before you'll be able to connect with them. And you'll stay in a warning for a little while. If it happens again a few times in between then, I can't give you exact numbers because sometimes it's not an exact number. It might be that you've just spent a whole day trying to send those requests or it could be that you've done them over a certain period of time. So it, there's not an actual number. But um, you'll then get that block. And the block, it can vary as well. I've heard of people being blocked for a month, some being blocked for three or longer. So that can sometimes scare people into not... To not um, connecting with people they don't know but that's the reason why I say to do take that interest in them genuine interest go and have a good look around and don't send the sales message because I think the sales message is starting to tip people over the edge <laughs> so thank you so in, t in terms of your your business and your business growth then Stacey what's what's been the the turning point for you yeah Oh gosh, I'm, I really am struggling how to say this because actually the turning point for me has been lockdown and I, I really don't want it to be that because of COVID. Um, but it, because because COVID happened, I'm not obviously happy about it happening or, or the you know people that have been affected by it. But because it did and because we went into lockdown, that forced me to, to change things around and that really was a turning point for me. And it's been through that that I've really come and, and had a bit of time last year working obviously more on my own, even having vid lots of video calls and stuff like that, but not going out to various different things. And, and I've, that's when I've come to certain realisations um, of where I, I'm working on it. Like I, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know where I want to be in five years time. Um, and one of the starting points was getting myself online and lockdown made that happen so that was definitely a big turning point for me i'm i'm just going to put my my tuppence in around what's happened through through lockdown i've seen lots of businesses that have had been forced to reevaluate where they are and look at doing things a bit differently and as a result have really thrived through what has been portrayed as a really challenging time and I've heard of lots of businesses that have really grown through the last year and year and a bit but I also hear of lots of people saying I don't want to say too much it's almost like we the the negativity that's come through the media and everything means that we all think this has been a terrible time and that those of us who who have had successes through this time shouldn't say too much about it but I actually think that sharing that positivity and letting people know that it's not all doom and gloom and that lots of businesses are doing really well is really helpful to counteract that negativity. So um, I'm really pleased, really pleased that things have gone well for you. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's been completely easy plain sailing. Oh, no. Prices, no, no. you know, things that I was charging before because they were suddenly online and reaching different markets and that I had to bring my prices down. So I actually took a step backwards, but I knew I was taking it back and I would be able to go forward. And I'm kind of reaching that point now where I'm almost tipping it into the favor. So it's not like, I, it's not like I've benefited as yet, but I think long-term I will. And, and, and this was a vision I had, but I didn't know how to do it. And it just made it happen. Um, but I am grateful for the opportunity I was given. I'm just obviously not 
like I wish it wasn't because of something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate. I I know where you're coming from. No, it's great to hear that. Um, that things are going well for you. So, in terms in terms of the that my mission here uh, that scale her up is to make a difference to these numbers of women in business. What do you think that we can do to bring about this this revolution, if you like? Oh gosh, I I. <laughs> You've kind of stumped me on that one, Brenda. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I genuinely never really tend to think of things that are just for females. I just I think I just genuinely just have a, a general thought and, and that's it. And I never think of it one way or another. But so so I'm just gonna say for people in general and hope that it's. Do you know? Do you know? I I I agree. I agree. I don't think actually there's anything different that that we can do in business, but that women maybe have a different focus sometimes so for people in general Stacey what can we do to to build ourselves up in business thank you that helps me be able to um, <laughs> to talk about it easier I think being um enjoying what you're doing what you're doing and being passionate about it having that belief it that comes across much more than anything else you can do so I think just believe in yourself and take go and look and take all the advice and help you can get with a view to always giving back. I, I do get a lot of advice, I take a lot of advice, but I try and give a lot back as well. I don't want to feel like I'm always taking, taking, taking. So whatever you're doing, be open, be free with that as much as you can, obviously not giving away your business and take the advice, but just believe in yourself and just go and do it. You know, if you've got an idea and you want to, to do it, give it a shot. Perfect, a great answer. Ask for advice and give away as much advice as you can also. Yeah. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Stacey. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your expertise. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having me, Brenda. It's always it's always um, great having a chat with you anyway. So it's just been really good. Um, yeah, I actually forgot we were recording for a time there. So I <laughs> just really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And, and well done for what you're doing. It's a really good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference. <laughs>